Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes coronavirus has brought to our Chinuch system, some of which may never be the same again. disruption to learning that we are experiencing would have happened 80 years ago. How would things look then compared to now? Actually, this did happen. My grandmother always used to tell us how she was a young girl in Antwerp and was so excited about getting her chumash. But on that very day that she was supposed to get her chumash, the Nazis invaded Belgium. And she never did get her chumash. In her case, and for millions of other Jewish children, learning stopped forever. Baruch Hashem, now we're in a much better situation. We have technology that is enabling learning to take place even when schools are closed. Whether it's by Zoom, Google Classroom, custom programs, or even the simple telephone. It's technology that's allowing school and learning to continue. Today on our show, we're going to hear from Mrs. Yocheved Belsky, who runs a company in Cleveland that consults schools of all kinds on how to implement innovations that help improve the education of their students. Technology is not a dirty word. As we are seeing, it's giving us the lifeline that's enabling our children to learn even during this closure. So even when schools are opening and functioning regular, we should stop and take a look at the tremendous advances and innovations that are available, which can really help our children learn better. Do you know that even the hadassim that we use on sukkahs are genetically engineered so that they're almost perfectly mishulash? The tefillin that we wear every day, you know how they make them perfectly square? The tzitzis, the mikvahs that we use, the cloth. Just about everything we do, all the mitzvahs that we do, are, have been improved using modern innovations. It's our job to innovate. We're not supposed to stay stuck in neutral. So when it comes to chinuch, we should be open to the advances that are out there. Chachma bagoyim tamin. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just pay attention to what's available and see, maybe we could benefit from it. Especially now, when classrooms have become virtual ones, we should be open to ideas that are going to make learning easier. As you'll hear from our guests, there's the concept of a flipped classroom, which helps struggling children absorb the learning much easier, but also keeps the brighter kids occupied with learning. Another thing that we have to point out is that the money that the government is giving to schools under the CARES Act, a lot of that money could be used to purchase these programs or start implementing these programs that help the children learn better, even when schools are open. So it's important that principals and the boards take the time to learn and, and, and educate themselves on what's available so that they could utilize the funds appropriately. Before we go to our guest, we're going to, going to hear a quick update from Rafal Alter from Lomde, who we had on an earlier episode, episode two. It's a, it's a very, very important update about what's been going on with his program Lomde that he spoke about. 
and now it's in already over 80 schools since this started. Let's hear from Rafal. Hi, this is Rafal Alter, and I wanted to give you and everybody an update on the project we were working on to be able to bring Lom Day to those yeshivas and day schools that are restricted to some extent with internet access and have provided the ability for their students to be able to use kosher lockdown devices like the K-Phone, which are completely locked down with just the ability to have the Zoom program on it. And we were working, we have continued to work closely with the K-Phone people, and we created an app, an Android app, that got approved. And we sent it over to the K-Phone people, and now they are able, they verify that it will work, it will work on their end, and now they are able to push out that app into or onto these devices remotely. And Baruch Hashem, we have now connected with a whole bunch of schools that have purchased these lockdown kosher devices. And the teachers now have that balance of being able to use the Zoom to be able to give their classes, whether it be the Chumashir or the Navi or the Mishnayos, and deliver their information. And then at the same time, they're able to have their students who now have these devices log on to this Lom Day program of ours that again is locked down and available on the app and the kids can go through the material skill building material which gives them feedback as they move along and tracks their progress again in all areas of Limo de Kodesh and this balance really then helps as much as possible try to recreate somewhat of the classroom structure. So just an update on that, and Baruch Hashem as well, just in terms of schools that have been working with us really since this pandemic started, I would say probably in the third week of March, Baruch Hashem, I think we've added, I think we're up to school number 40, new schools that we have added, and all of them know that we are not charging anything at this time, and and I think we just surpassed, at the end of last week, over 6,000 kids currently that are using the program. So if anybody out there knows of any yeshiva or any educators that can benefit from this or parents or students, um, by all means, you can reach out to me, Rafal Alter. My email is ralph, R-A-L-P-H, at lomday.com, L-O-M-D-E-I.com, or you can visit the website, lomday.com. Kol Tuv and Absurd Tovis to everybody. Thank you very much, Rafal, for their update. Now let's go to our interview with Mrs. Yocheved Belsky. We're speaking with Mrs. Yocheved Belsky. She's the founder of Clear Square Group, which is a consulting company in the education space, and she has almost 20 years of experience with both Jewish and non-Jewish schools. Welcome, Mrs. Belsky. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So during coronavirus, uh, all our children... Now schools are learning from distance, learning from home, using various different methods. So from your experience, how are the non-Jewish schools, public schools and private schools, how different do they look during coronavirus and doing distance learning than our yeshivas and besiakos that are doing distance learning either with Zoom or with a phone conference? I think what we see in the public world um, is really a little bit of the full spectrum of what we see in the Jewish world. When I, when I say the Jewish world, I think from our schools that are what we consider our regular day schools, you know, to, to our Hadarim. Um, in, the, in the non-Jewish world, there were schools that were already, and usually there were, those are the schools that were the school districts, maybe in more affluent neighborhoods. 
that they were already on the one-on-one, right? They all, they had devices and everybody had, they were already set up with online learning, um, even though they were coming to school, but the technology and online learning was part and parcel of their school day. Then you also have on the other side, you have school districts that did not want to do that. They did not want to switch their, their students to online learning a full day. Um, and you had some school districts where the students did not have access, either because they were from families that did not own the technology. Even if the parents had smartphones, they did not have any iPads, laptops, or desktops to, you know, that the students could sit down and, and learn. Um, and you'd be surprised the um, lack of internet connectivity in different places that even in large cities um, where just certain pockets where if there wasn't the need for businesses, those families in those areas don't even have access to online connectivity. So those non, those public schools, the non-Jewish schools, they were almost doing something similar in the beginning as we were doing, um, what, a, what a lot of our schools were doing, sending home packets or coming to the school and do pickup packets of work. Um, I would say, though, now that we're two months in, most of those schools that started with that have already implemented some sort of online learning. They've worn in hotspots. They, they provided devices to their students to be connected literally in the, uh, on the online platforms, either through Zoom or through some, some sense of online learning. So um, although they weren't set up initially, I think all schools across the board were just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what stuck. And now slowly once they realize they need to come up with a long-term plan, most of those schools, their long-term plan is included heavily and, and relying heavily on online technology. So in the more sophisticated schools, what, what, uh, how, uh, how, are their, how is their platform special, unique? Is it just the teacher teaching on a, on a Zoom conference or is it more sophisticated than that? So I think what we're seeing is um, not so much Zoom. There are schools that are doing Zoom, but a lot of the schools are using Google Classroom, which has like the whiteboard, similar to Zoom, it has the whiteboard, it can, it's, easier, it's easier connected to the platforms that the school already has on, on you know, within the school or similarly, um, you know, Microsoft Teams, the, you know, the, 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 the equivalent in, in the Microsoft world for um, the Google Classroom. So they're using combination of the teacher and many schools have also implemented online curriculum where the school, where the students can go on and learn at their own pace without actually having the teacher present. And some of them are using combination where the teacher is teaching and they could go online and also do the work on the online platform. So there isn't, there's no one, you know, prototype that's being implemented across the board. Just like we see in our Jewish schools, there are some that are using Zoom, some that are not using Zoom, some are doing uh, live record, you know, live teleconferencing and some of them are doing, you know, recorded classes. There's really classes, there's really no one um, prototype that's being used across the board, but um, by and large, the, in the public school world, there's much more integration of the technology in, in what the students are doing. Are, are you finding that in the public school world, the students are now getting instruction from someone who might not be their teacher, who, who wasn't their teacher when they were in person, just because now that it's online, so they have access to a greater pool of, of teachers that are not necessarily in their area or not necessarily on their schedule? So I'm not familiar with that. I know that there, that, that is a concern out there, but by and large, they're keeping their classroom teachers. So basically, 
their homeroom teacher or whatever teacher was teaching them that subject in school is the one that's responsible and is their instructor for that material that's that's online. So it's not really like they're being shuffled around and going to different classes. Although a lot of these online curriculums that the school's transferring over to a curriculum that they never used, a lot of them provide uh, teachers and resources and or tutors or, or coaching that and that could support the student learning at home. But um, by and large, from what I understand, it is the classroom teacher that the student had up until this crisis happened that's following up with them with their work at home. Okay, so let's switch gears for a minute and talk about in general, when it's not during coronavirus and schools are open, children are, uh, students are in the classroom, what types of innovations are, are you seeing in the non-Jewish schools that are being met with great success? What's happening in, in the non-Jewish um, schools is they're adopting technology and what we consider the ed tech, the educational technology, to really help differentiate the learning in the classroom. So when we have one teacher teaching 25 kids, there are various levels of those students. And the teacher is just one person and teaching towards, hopefully towards the middle, um, the ones that are on the lower end of our spectrum of our classes either have to have tutoring or support either during school or after school. And the ones that are above that either they're spacing out or maybe they're making trouble in class or whatever it may be. Um, in, you know, in, in the public school world, when I was working, it was, there's technology. So there's enough computers, there's computers, there's students that have a chance to go on. They could learn at their own pace. It could be that they're moving faster. It could be that they're moving slower, but it's all more directly um, related to their skill level. So in a way, the, those kids almost have an advantage in their education because they're not forced to staying up to the level of whatever the teacher is, the teacher's teaching. So really, you know, the, those students have a better chance and the pressure is a little bit easier on on the classroom teacher. So what that could look like is a teacher could teach a concept, um, and then you have that everybody goes on, on onto their computer and and does the and does the actual assignment or work that has to do with it. And now the online learning and those online platforms are not some of the platforms that I know our schools, some of our schools are using or trying to use, where they're just putting the worksheet that they would have done in class on the on the board, you know, on this platform. So while they're doing in Zoom, the, the kids can print it out, right? Mm -hmm. These online, these online curriculums, they're intuitive of themselves. So a kid, you know, may, maybe is, is reviewing it, read the concept or is being shown the concept, and then they're doing work on it. And if they do well, then the program will take them further. If they don't do well, the program is not going to let them go further. They're going to have to you know, review the concepts and, and do the work again. So that's where something where I feel that could really be a help, especially to our struggling students who maybe need to uh, need more help and understanding, and also to our students who could go ahead that they can move further along on a quicker pace. Okay. Do you, do you have the na any names of some vendors, so software companies that provide this type of technology? And also, what's the name of this type of teaching? So I don't want this to sound like a commercial or anything because I have you, I've, I've worked with these companies. I've worked with quite a few of them. Um, a lot of the companies that are out there that I hear that schools are using have been great back in the day, but the technology is always changing. And I just want to bring the awareness to your listeners is that some 
some companies are out there, they were excellent. They were great, and there's great ratings there and great reviews from schools. The technology keeps on changing, and there are many platforms that do not invest to upgrade the, their, their technology for their students. So when I hear some schools of what they're using, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, wish, I, wish, I wish you would you know, know about XYZ that's out there. Um, and that, that could provide so much more. Um, one of the newer programs that are on the market, which, which I, I think is a fantastic program, is called specifically Schools PLP. Professional, it stands for Professional Learning, um, Personalized Learning Platform. And it, the nice part of it is it's very um, customizable. Um, you know, the teacher could go in and customize the exact lessons that they want. Um, and the beautiful part of it is also that there are printable workbooks that match what's on the computer. So we're talking about schools that maybe don't want to adopt the technology when they uh, have the technology when they come back into the classroom, but they want the seamless transition from, you know, school at home to, to going in and, and, you know, back into the school. A program like that was really, really um, something that, that could be valuable. Um, Going back, you know, when we talk about that with the concept of having a teacher, the teacher, you know, teaching the concepts and then also going on, the students going online, what we call like the blended learning model where the student is learning with the live teacher and with the technology. Um, I know something that's common that you've mentioned to me before is the flipped classroom where we're really putting the onus of the learning on the students and the teachers providing all the support, the teachers doing everything to help the student learn and explore on their own. And that may be together with technology, that may be together with more like some of your listeners may know the project-based learning where the students are more hands-on and it doesn't necessarily have to do with technology. So it's really, you know, using and, and incorporating many different um, strategies and resources to help the students succeed whether they're at home or whether they're in school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds like there's a whole world of, of ideas out there that, uh, that, 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 are, that are being met with a lot of success and, and, and things that educators need to, need to educate themselves about, about what's, what opportunities are out there. And you're bringing up a very good point because literally just this evening, I connected two from people in our community that have invested, as we call the Yiddish Gelt, in, in providing and creating platforms to, to meet the unique needs of our schools when it comes to online learning. And I connected them both and I said, listen, don't, each of you are working on something similar. Don't reinvent the wheel. But I also want to let you know that most of whatever our community is trying to do in terms of technology is already out there. And, mm-hmm. I, and I don't feel like we know enough of how we can use this, you know, safely and appropriately within our schools. And I think because of all of our, you know, of where we are right now in, out of school and we don't know how long this is going to be, we, we need to put some time and effort in, in how we could, could best meet the needs of our students in, in, and educational wise, and obviously to make sure that it aligns with our values and our, and our harsh gaffa. Okay, yeah, so that brings me to my next question, which is, why do you think yeshivas are, and besiakos, are, are so are hesitant to adopt a lot of these new ideas, new methods? Um, is it just it, it, because it's technology, or is there something more fundamental that, 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 that they're hesitant to adopt? 
You know, I, I think besides that it's technology, which I don't want to even say just besides, because technology is, is a big piece and we know the dangers that, there, that, that comes with it. But I think if we look at it, is that, you know, our schools are operating not because we're teaching a, a quality limudechal, which is important, but it's not why we have our Hadarim and our Yeshiva Day School. We have our schools, no matter what kind of Jewish affiliation it has, it's because of the Yiddishkeit. We have a certain, whatever that community's value systems that, that they want to bring. And I think our Mesora is the, the Rebbe to Talmud, um, you know, giving over that Chinuch. So I think it's, it's a very, the, the concept of incorporating technology is very far, and not just because it's technology and the dangers, but also it's very, it's not the way of our Chinuch system in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think anyone would agree that that's the ideal way for us to learn, definitely not in Lemude Kodesh. But because we have that with Lemude Kodesh, I think that's also seeping into the Lemude Chal. But taking a step back, you know, saying, okay, it's very nice if you get up there and teach the math concept, but what part can we use the technology for to enhance and to make easy? And then we use the teacher maybe for the project-based learning or the teacher to help the students that are struggling while some of the core explanations and the learning and the knowledge piece could just be done, could be done online. So I, I, think, I think that's a piece also. Um, I think there's other pieces also we are, we're, no, we're not going to be the early adopters of new educational initiatives, right? We want to make sure that it's hardcore, it's been proven, and, and it really works well. So we're, we're, not, we're not being the first ones. And I think in a very practical sense also, when there is new educational technology, most of these programs come out with like pilots. And they don't target non-public schools. They do target districts and the data and that they'll have, like, after the first two years of operation will be about, you know, some inner city public school or some, you know, whatever there may be, you know, to, to show the, the, the effectiveness of their program. So it's, it's not, they're not, they're not even necessarily selling to our schools as much as they are selling to, to the, to the, um, to the public schools. And so therefore, you know, for all those reasons above, I think that just makes us late adopters. Okay. Um, in, in, in general, what could, what could you say that you, from what you've seen out there, whether they're innovations or ideals that are being introduced into the non-Jewish schools that you, in your opinion, we should stay far away from and avoid at all costs? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can make a blanket statement like that, but I, I think the part that we, we would have to take a, a hard look is if we would use an online platform with an online curriculum and totally take a teacher out of the picture. Um, that I don't think is good for any student, like even if there are students that in, in you know, the public school system that are, that are doing online curriculum that has the entire, you know, the teaching and the reviewing and everything that's part of it that's online and intuitive and it provides feedback to the students. Um, it's very important that, that learning is meaningful. Um, learning needs to be meaningful, and it happens with with the with a uh, a connection to a person. So whether that may be that the teacher is reviewing in some sense, or providing um, support, or or feedback, or positive feedback, or doing some you know real life you know project based on on what they've learned. Um, that, that that's what I think, and I think also even if we're um, adopting and incorporating technology, you know, to, to 
technology in our learning um, and online learning, we, we need to really review the content, what subjects, just like we would do with if you'd buy a paper book and, and textbooks to bring into the classroom. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, the school year is almost over. Uh, no school is going to be open this year in the, in the physical sense, at least for the rest of the school year. Um, then we have the summer to worry about. Is, is there going to be camp or is there not, camp, is there not going to be camp? But then comes the next year, September comes around. What have you been hearing about September and how might it look different than what we're hoping for? You know, I think what we're all hoping for is for us to open our schools like it was, you know, on the first day, you know, at the end of February, right? Where we open our doors, all kids could just walk in and, and sit in their classrooms and, and, and we, they could be pushing each other in the hallways and sitting on top of each other during lunch and, and everything should be, everyone should be healthy and dandy and all good. But reality is it's not what seems is going to be coming down the pike in, in a couple months. From, from what I'm hearing, and I know this is happening in, in Israel and Earth Israel with, with, um, because they have started opening their schools. Um, and I know in different states that have put out guidelines even for daycares or day camps is that student to teacher ratio is going to be very different than one that one it looked like. So maybe we had 25 kids in a classroom and now maybe it's going to have to be 10, whatever kind of social distancing they're going to put in, uh, probably together with some other health you know, precautions, maybe you're taking your temperature and masks and who, who knows what else. I think, you know, I, I think the way it's going to have to work, and there's a lot of logistics that has to happen, because what if we say, okay, we're a, a, you know, a set of kids are going to come in the morning and another set will come in the afternoon, or some kids will come Tuesday, you know, Monday and Wednesday, and other kids will come Tuesday and Thursday. These are logistics that, how are we dealing with transportation? How are we dealing with parents that go to work, right? If our offices are opening and parents need to go to work and they need to pay their tuition, right? Mm -hmm. And who's going to be home with the kids? Um, if my kid's going to school Monday and Wednesday, who's going to be home with him Tuesday and Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there are a lot of logistics that, and different scenarios that we have to play out because our society is not going to go back to operating the way it was. It's going to look a lot different. Um, for better and for worse, right? So I, I think, but terms of, in terms of pure educational, um, educationally, and I think what we need to look at is that we are going to have to combine technology. So it's interesting because as I know you and I spoke last week and I was talking about this and I heard now this past, over the weekend, over Shabbos, that some of the mystics in Lakewood are, are starting to do this where they could have less than 10 people get together. So they're rotating the Talmudian that are coming to the Rabbeim, you know, out in their yards. Um, I implemented way back when, when we had students that couldn't be in their classroom for usually because of a medical reason. So while the teacher was teaching, the teacher was streamed to the students that were, that were either in the hospital or in a rehab, and they were able to be part of the classroom when they learned that way. So, if we're talking about that the schools are implementing technology, let's say that, let's just take Zoom, okay? So the, the, the kids now are, are, you know, watching and learning from a teacher via Zoom. That Zoom would then come to the classroom and the, some students would have their teacher live on Zoom 
you know, there would be, I'm sorry, live in the classroom and the other rest of the class will see the teacher through, through Zoom. But what I think is important to keep in mind is that whatever curriculum we're working with, we don't want it to be that our kids now are going to be schlepping all their books back and forth, right? Because <laughs> if I'm home only part of, the, or part of the time and I'm in school part of the time, so they're going to be walking, walking with their school lockers back and forth every day from school. We can't do that, right? So to me, an ideal scenario would be using a program, as I mentioned before, school PLP, that has a workbook and it's the same thing online. So in school, they might be using the workbook. So the teacher's teaching the class, and then their class is doing the work. Whoever's in the class, the room that day, they're doing it, you know, doing it on on the work in in the workbook. Um, and whoever's at home is doing it online on that program. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of thought, and 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 it's not going to look the same for each school. I think going into another issue, that's another concern that we have to think about is, you know, when this happened now with Corona, when it came out. In, you know, in March and our schools closed then, we're dealing with our students that at least they already had somewhat of a connection to their Rebbe, their English teacher, their mower, whatever it may be in the classroom. So even if they moved, then they, they had to move then to a teleconferencing or a recording or, or a Zoom, there was still, there's still, it was built upon the connection that that teacher already made with the student prior in the classroom. We're talking about now, all our students are now going to be with new Rabbeim, new Moros, new teachers, and it's a whole different dynamic. So not only are we trying to figure out the education, but imagine as a kid, right? It's always the first day of school, my new teacher, and the kids always have to figure out what you know the way the new teacher classroom ticks what's most important to them what are we learning and get the rhythm of of that teacher and not only just get understand the rhythm but it's really important to have that emotional bond meaningful learning happens when there's that connection between a teacher and, and a student it's going to be much harder going forward how are we how are we going to create that come september we're talking about a whole a, a teacher with a whole new classroom of students and students having to learn and get to know a whole new teacher that they've never met before. It sounds like a big, big challenge. Tell me, do you think our schools are ready for this? And more importantly, do you think they will be ready for this? I think our schools may not be ready for this, but will they be ready for this? And that's a resounding yes, because our schools have done an amazing job. Um, you know. And they were not ready for Corona. They were not ready for everything to shut down, you know, the week after Purim and all Pesach learning and everything like that. They were not ready for that, but, but, they, but they were ready, right? They, they, they made it happen. So I think there's going to have to be some innovation that, that schools are going to have to incorporate in terms of, of creating that, that teacher-student bond and creating um, what will look like a meaningful education for our students in the coming school year. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, Yecheved. Thank you very much. This was very helpful, and I, I really do hope that uh, the schools are, are listening and uh, getting ready for what's coming. My pleasure. And for any way that I can help, um, the schools will feel free to reach out. Thank you. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parnas. Special thanks to David Lichtenstein of Headlines, who inspires our show. You can subscribe to the show 
on Apple or Google Podcasts, on Spotify, or you can visit our website, chinochshow.com. For suggestions, comments, or guest ideas, please visit our website, chinochshow.com. Thanks for listening.